0: Alpine touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice.
2: It's Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tuttle and Coulter Nuanez.
1: boys and girls how we doing good good glad to hear it glad you're here with us it is two Telling to tell newanas it is our number two of the big show happy to be with you on a Thursday afternoon if you missed anything in the first hour you can check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. You can listen anytime you would like. that's the beauty of the doggon thing. They're on all the different platforms because we are famous and very good at what we do as we <laughs> talked about earlier. Uh, if you would like to listen to that podcast you do so thanks to Blackfoot. And Alpine Touch. If you'd like to call 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Raggich Brothers RV phone line. We are very happy now to continue our Thursday afternoon series of senior Spotlight. It is brought to us by Mike Nugent at Berkshire Hathaway and by Blaine McElmary from McElmary Homes. And we have been we had, we understand, a very anticlimactic and disappointing end to uh, the school year collegiately, high school, otherwise, and that affected obviously a lot of students and a lot of student-athletes, and so we wanted to talk to as many as we could who had their seasons cut short or maybe cut off altogether, and so we continue our senior spotlight in studio with Missoula Big Skies, formerly now Missoula Big Skies, Whitney Morrison, a uh, soccer player, a track star there who is going to the University of Montana for uh, track and field as well. Hi, Whitney. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you?
1: Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you coming all the way down yeah, and thank uh, you. checking out the studio with us we're happy to have you here so let's let's go back to uh you know let's start with the bad okay and then let's get into the okay (laughs) is you have a phenomenal track and field resume multiple events throwing jumping running the whole thing uh, which is surprising because your father Dave, who is a, a long-standing teacher at Big Sky, coach and teacher of both Coulter and myself at one stage, he is not a particularly athletic guy. <laughs> he uh, is not very strong, not very good at rugby, which he played for many years. Uh, so it's he's going uh, to get you.
0: He's going to get you. Imagine oh, next time we see it. I,
1: I think I I maybe just got my own APB put out on myself <laughs> from him. So anyway, um, but. You you this you you set so many marks in the years prior coming into this season, and now in a senior year where you are going to be you know you know the last one that you are going to ride out on and training for preparing for this track season, and then to find out well no it's not going to happen obviously hugely disappointing. But what were your expectations and your hopes coming into this season?
3: Um, I was definitely hoping to break some more records, um, specifically the triple jump and javelin record again. Um, I also wanted to see what the Big Sky track team as a whole could do this season.
0: Track's so much about setting goals, and you can actually tangibly try to achieve them, right? I mean, because you have a specific mm-hmm. mark that you're chasing. Can you carry that over, though? Because obviously, you were probably working preseason trying to get ready for this upcoming season. So, How does the training part of this work? Did you have to take a pause so you can re-engage when you get to college, or or can you keep keep going through the summer? Where are you at with your training regimen?
3: So right when we found out that we weren't going back to school, one of my teachers and coaches started posting workouts for us to do, and so I was doing that with a few of my teammates, and now that's over. So I just started Mountain West Youth Track Club um, the summer season, and we just started that this week, so we'll carry that through August.
0: So you'll have some upcoming competitions then? Uh,
3: I don't think we'll have any competitions. But, but at least
0: somewhere to get some marks or something, Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so as somebody that's competed your whole life, you must be so excited to at least get some form of, of competition back in your life.
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: -hmm. You know, you talked about the triple jump, and a couple weeks ago for this very segment, we had Lauren Hagan in here, and she's you know an outstanding jumper in her own right. I realize a rifle, okay, so I don't want to stir up any sort of you know bad you know bad blood here, but to have. To, be, to have both of you be elite in the same thing, in the same town, different schools. What was it like for for those years to go head-to-head, you know, at different competitions and things like that, and, and to, to maybe drive each other, push each other a little bit along the way? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it was amazing competing against her. I mean, she's really good at what she does, so I was able to learn from her, and Yeah, she's an amazing person, so I really enjoyed competing against her.
0: I mean, girls track right now in the state of Montana is awesome. I mean, the last couple of years, there's been all sorts of outstanding. I mean, you Mm -hmm. competed against Delaney Bond, who's now at Oregon State, from Bozeman, and she set the all-class record in the long jump, and there's so many great sprinters and middle-distance people and hurdlers. Is there anything you could point to? I mean, do you remember competing with these girls before high
3: school? Yeah, I remember competing with all of them, and honestly, like, I didn't really know much about them before high school, but... Once high school hit I was like yep I definitely remember competing with them I now. mean is,
0: is it a matter of the fact that there is just so many that you push each other along is there anything you can point to why there's been so many elite girls these last couple of years
3: I honestly have no idea I feel like it just comes in waves sometimes like um, quite a few years ago it was also good and now right. it's good again so I'm not sure
0: well I know you, I know you've trained a little bit with Lindsay Hall and I, I know mm-hmm. Lindsay pretty well she's my brother I think a grade younger than my brother but they competed with each other and you know covering Lindsay's college career. I mean, one of the great college careers anybody ever came out of Big Sky has ever had. Um, first of all, I'll talk about her influence on you. But second of all, do you think she's had an influence on everybody else? Because we talked to Erica McLeod extensively, you know, from the University of Montana. She said, I idolized Lindsay Hall. I wanted to be like Lindsay Hall. I think she was such a star that I think she inspired a lot of girls to do track.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with um, Erica. I think she's a huge inspiration to everyone. Um, she was my coach for Oh gosh, five years maybe, mm-hmm. and I loved every bit of it. She was super supportive and got me to where I am today. So
1: Whitney Morrison joining us uh, just graduated. Congratulations, Thank by you. the way, from uh, Missoula Big Sky, and is heading to the University of Montana for school and for uh, track and field. Track and field is, is especially what you do. You're very versatile, multi you know multiple uh, uh, you know disciplines, but. Is it fun to train for track and field because it seems like it's so much more technical than many of the sports where a lot of the sports the way you practice is by playing them and sometimes they're broken down into smaller things where you're working on individual drills or whatever but track and field it's like you know it's getting your steps right right and it's like understanding okay this is where this is the best way to get over a hurdle this is the best way to put your hand on a javelin I mean I don't know, right? I've never <laughs> done any of these things, but you, you, that that's what it seems like from the outside. But at one level, it seems like it could be somewhat tedious, just always trying to find that one little mm, thing that's gonna make it better. But on the other hand, maybe that's you know a, a fun thing to engage in over the course of time and, and see the improvement that you see.
3: Yeah, so I definitely like the technical aspect of it. Um, I guess the training for the running is not my favorite part. (laughs) I don't think it's anyone's favorite part. You know what's not
1: my part? The running. That's not my favorite part. The (laughs) training for it or the doing of it. Okay. But yes. Okay. Good. This this makes me so happy. (laughs) She's she's great at it. I'm not. And we both hate it. It's great. (laughs) Okay.
3: But yeah, I think that training for the events that aren't necessarily associated with running is probably my favorite part because you can see yourself getting better. Mm. Whereas with running, it all feels the same. It hurts. So (laughs) you can't really tell if you're getting better or not. But yeah, you can see your marks getting better in other events. Right.
0: Speaking of the pain, I know you've done multiple events in in high school. Now you're going to transition to becoming a multi-event athlete at University of Montana, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So you already have experience running the 200, the 400, long jump, triple jump, all that javelin. But now you're gonna have to add a couple other things, including, you know, probably the most wicked event, the lat, the end of the oh, heptathlon, wow. 800. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what made Erica McLeod so great, right? That's why she's the all-time big sky conference record holder in in all the multis because she was an elite high jumper, she was an awesome javelin thrower. But when it came down to the 800, she was just going to beat you, and it's such a it's such a mental game, though, right? Have you thought about what it's going to be like transitioning to becoming a multi athlete?
3: Um, I haven't really thought about it that much. I mean, I did the eighth grade or the uh, 800 once in eighth grade, and
0: once is enough, right?
3: Yeah, it made me realize <laughs> that oh, it's probably one of the hardest races I've ever I mean the
0: Last year, the last time the Big Sky Outdoor Championships were here, at the end of the heptathlon, the 800. I'm not kidding, and I, I would have been in tears too, but there was multiple girls that were just in tears because it was just yeah. so hard. Well, is there is there a level two? I mean, I, I realize you only do this w-
1: once and it's been a while, but if you're a sprinter, okay, and especially if you're a sprinter who's doing like the 400, mm-hmm. on the 800, it seems like you come around the first lap and you have this like, oh man, there's the finish line, and then you get there and you're like, well, no, it's not. It's the halfway line, <sighs> and this stinks. This is terrible, but if you were a miler, Maybe you get to the, you know, you get around the thing, and you're like, hey, this is great. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. Is there, is there something like that that you think you're gonna have to sort of work through because you are a sprinter in, in the running sense?
3: Yeah, I think the 800 will definitely be difficult. I mean, everyone says that you're supposed to get out as hard as your 400 for the first lap.
1: Well, and that seems I, ludicrous.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure if I be able to do no, that. No, but don't, listen <laughs> to
1: me on this one, okay? I think, think Lindsey Hall might have a better Start slow right yeah. and then taper off. That's the way that I like oh, to yeah. run. Oh yeah. Uh, when you, this is interesting too. You're a great soccer player as well. And had opportunities to to pursue that uh, at the collegiate level as well. Possibly. What What was it though for you that uh, between track and field and soccer, where you said oh, this is what I want to do?
3: Um. I was thinking about my chances of getting injured and with track I think they're a lot slimmer so um, like losing a scholarship wouldn't be as big of an issue with track mm. so yeah that's probably my big reason for choosing track
0: and then when it comes down to choosing the University of Montana I know that Lindsay was here she was working at Montana in sports information also helping uh, coach a big sky and then she went to Utah State mm-hmm. got a little, you got a little recruiting interest from Utah State as well but what I set did. Montana apart
3: Um, Well, the coaches here, I love the coaches here. I mean, obviously I love Lindsey too, Mm -hmm. but I know Brian and Adam pretty well. And I've worked with Paul before. Mm -hmm. So just having that background with the coaches, I think really set the University of Montana apart from all the other schools.
0: And Brian Schwinn, one of the great multi-athletes in the history of Big Sky Conference. Oh, he had the... All time. I think he had the the mark for a long time in the decathlon mm-hmm. during his time at Montana State, ironically. Uh, but you also mentioned Adam Bork. He was... I covered him in college and he's one of the great multis as well. So at, going not only to, to a program that's always had great multis, but going to compete for two coaches that have such high level experience did that have an influence on your decision
3: definitely yeah and they're also family friends and my dad's friends with them too of course sure so. sure yeah that had a big influence on it at blackfoot communications
4: we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24 seven support. We evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: Stu Till-Nuanus, two nine ESPN Radio. Whitney Morrison in studio with us as our senior spotlight. She just graduated from Missoula Big Sky going to the University of Montana uh, and going to participate in the track and field team, multi-events uh, there. Let's get over to the sort of the school slash life side of this a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you find out Shame that the season ain't happening, but on the upside, you don't got to go back to school yeah. for the rest of the year. There's a little silver lining there, right? So, what has this been like? Where you're like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm graduate." I remember, I remember my. I think most people remember their graduation day at some level, but I remember utter euphoria some people were in tears i didn't understand that at all i was <laughs> i was so happy to be just like on to the next thing and like okay let's see what's going on here how do you how are you right here where you've just you know crossed this threshold
3: I mean, at first, I was super excited. I was like, I can sleep in now. Like, this is going to be great. <laughs> there you go. But now that we're getting closer to the school year, I'm getting a little nervous just because it's such a big change. So
1: It is a big change. What What's the thing that you think is going to be, I mean, the difference between high school and college is, is dramatic, not even academically, but just in kind of the structure of it and how much more autonomous I think you are in charge of your own time. Maybe not so much when you're on a sports team uh, where they got, it's pretty yeah. scheduled, right? So I understand that. But have you thought? about like what it's going to be like and what what do you, you know, when you, what, what kind of excitement does that generate for you?
3: Um, it's, I mean, I'm super excited about it. I think I'm most nervous for the amount of studying that I'm going to need to do. Mm. Cause I know that at big sky, I didn't necessarily do as much studying as I probably <laughs> should have. <laughs> well, so
1: you would be in good company. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That. <laughs> But, yeah, I think definitely getting used to, like, the class schedule and everything and not having all my friends right by my side is going to be challenging. But What
0: are you going to school for? Do you know?
3: Um, I think I'll major in health and human performance.
0: Sweet. Good one for a track yep. person, right? Yeah. Well, have you gotten, speaking of friends, you have now a whole group of new friends, right, with your new mm-hmm. teammates. Have you gotten a chance to meet any of the, the current Grizzlies? And I'm sure there's probably some girls from your class, too, that are probably going to Montana that you probably competed with these last couple of years, too. So, uh, any already standing friendships or any, have you got a chance to meet any of your new teammates?
3: Um, yeah. So the two kids that I was training with um, during this quarantine, they're actually going to be on the track team as well. Everett Fred and Jaden Campbell. Oh, and cool. I'm rooming with Jaden Campbell too. So yeah, she's one of my best friends. And then I know quite a few other people on the team um, just because they either went to big sky or I competed against them earlier in high school. So yeah.
1: Have 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 you gotten any information or talked to people about uh like how and when you can start working out at the university and practices and stuff i know this has been up in the air this whole time and that you know everybody's wanting to find out when they can kind of get going on stuff and some things voluntary workouts for i know the football team and i think the basketball schedule is soon coming or when they can start practicing and stuff so where are we at for track and field
3: I haven't heard anything about it. Well,
1: that's not helpful. Yeah, really. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Just 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 lie to us and say, "Yep, <laughs> yeah. September 15th, we're going." <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, and and it is going to be, you know, we know it's going to be pushed off a little bit. How mm-hmm. anxious are you though, to especially I mean, the facility at the University of Montana is pretty pretty amazing, right? In the, yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways. So, you know, to to be at a place like that that has that sort of uh, access, that's that's got to be a big plus as well.
3: Yeah, I'm super excited for it. Um, I know that like, it's newly built, so right. everything that we have is going to be nice, new, so I'm excited for it.
0: You can, I mean, track's the one sport, though. You don't necessarily need a gym or a hoop or a you know, bunch mm-hmm. of guys to play football with. You can just kind of do some workouts on your own. Have you been training?
3: Yeah, um, like I said, one of our coaches was posting some of the workouts oh, right. on the classroom, so we did that, and now with Mountain West. I've been training.
0: What's your plan on in terms of timing it? Because so much of track training is about peaking, right? And you're not going to actually have a season until the indoor season starts a long time from now. So, I mean, do you have a, a sort of a system that you're going to use over these next eight or nine months?
3: Um, I don't necessarily have a plan for myself. I'm hoping that my coach. Well, they'll probably will have a plan. For it.
0: I'm sure Brian <laughs> uh, and have a
3: plan. Yeah. Help me out
1: with that. Yeah.
3: So I'm not really sure yet.
1: Well, very good. Well, Whitney, we're we're excited for you. We're thank you for coming by and and spending some time with us and especially since you're staying in uh, the state of Montana, staying local. We'll look forward to watching your progression and and your uh, collegiate career as well. Uh, And uh, we appreciate you coming by and spending some time, all right?
3: Yeah, thank you guys so much.
1: You bet. Whitney Morrison, the subject of our Senior Spotlight, Missoula Big Sky, now graduate onto the University of Montana. Excited for her and her uh, time both as a, a student and as a track star at the UM. Coulter, the Senior Spotlight, brought to us by Mike Nugent at Berkshire Hathaway and Blaine McElmery and McElmery Homes.
0: At Berkshire Hathaway, Mike Nugent, he provide, He prides himself on providing the community of western Montana with full real real estate professionals. I uh, hear for you whenever you need them. Mike has a reputation as one of the state's most knowledgeable and available real estate agents. And right now, the real estate world is ever changing. A lot of questions about what's going to happen with commercial real estate, mm-hmm. especially business, office buildings, things like that. But also a lot of people maybe want to come to Western Montana too. So if you're in-state, out-of-state, you have residential or commercial questions, give Mike Nugent a call. And Blaine McElmurray of McElmurray Homes, he knows what you can achieve through hard work as an athlete from a small town in Montana. Detroit native rose up to become an All-American safety for the Grizzlies on UM's 1995 National Championship team before spending six seasons in the NFL. McElmurray's used those values in his work with McElmurray Homes, Missoula's highest quality custom residential home company. Since 2003, Blaine McElmurray and McElmurray Homes have helped contract and subcontract some of the Garden City's finest homes. Coulter,
1: during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started
0: right.
1: Welcome back to Telenuana's Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Going to be joined here momentarily by Eric Frazier, the wide receiver coach at Montana State University. look forward to talking to him, second year coach there uh, for the Bobcats. It is Telling Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, howdy, how are you? Great to be with you. Uh, if you would uh, like to listen live and you're not near your radio, maybe near your television, you can Check us out on your favorite device, tablet, phone, computer, what have you. Available uh, all the time on the stream at the website, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. By the way, that thing is 24 hours a day. So if you just want to listen to the station, you can do it there uh, as well. Pretty simple enough. At Gus tell at 1029ESPN and at mt.com. Coulter uh, will be joined by Eric Frazier here in just a couple of minutes, but when you look at Montana State, we know what they want to do. They want to run the football. They want to play defense. Okay, we get the idea there, and they do it very well. Obviously, though, if you can be as good as you can be at everything that you do, including throwing the football, passing the football, it's only going to make you that much better, it seems like, right? So how how critical, though, is the passing game for a team like Montana State? Uh,
0: Montana State... Jeff Choate always talks about we are going to throw three to four to maybe five 50-50 balls per game. And like he always says, they're called a 50-50 ball for a reason. It's only got to be 50-50. You only got to catch one out of two. But if you do catch one out of two, and then all of a sudden you start catching two out of four, and then all of a sudden you start catching three out of five, that's pretty much where they got to last year where they were catching three out of five of those Long chucks down the field. Tucker Rover got pretty darn good at throwing that back shoulder fade. And Kevin Castles was maybe the best guy in the country at catching it. And that's where it becomes so crucial because I think that Eric Frazier, preceded by Matt Miller, did such a great job of teaching so many of their receivers how to block. That's essential. But you can go from 230 yards a game on the ground to 275 yards a game on the ground by hitting long passes because it softens the box a little bit. If you have any sort of zone read action, then all of a sudden they're on their heels – Boom, you hit him over the top. Oh, you hit him over the top? Now Isaiah Fonsi is getting eight yards of carry on the next three carries because everybody's peaking.
1: Exactly. And
0: I, I think that playing receiver at Montana State last year was about maximizing your opportunities more than any other thing. And when you talk about a team that barely throws the ball and they still had two all-league guys, I mean, Charles Johnson's first-team all-league, Kevin Kass's second-team all-league, Kevin Cassis had almost 1,000 yards receiving last year. Right. Without having hardly, I mean, he gets two or three opportunities a game. That's amazing to have your guys locked in to maximize their opportunities. It's great coaching.
1: Well, and it is. It, it's one of the benefits, too, right, where if if everybody is loading the box, spying, run, looking at run, all that, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe some some of the bigger chunk plays uh, are, are more available to you at that point. We do go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, where we welcome in the second-year wide receivers coach at Montana State University Eric Fraser on the phone Eric thanks so much for being with us how are you
2: I'm great how are you thanks for having me
1: well we're happy to have you we appreciate you being with us and we are good to answer your question thank you uh hey let's talk a bit about uh, this Montana State passing game and especially as the wide receivers coach there You graduate two great players in in Kevin Cassis and Travis Johnson. What does it look like now to you as you kind of survey the landscape of the group, the core there, the wide receivers that are going to be uh, ready to go for you this upcoming season?
2: Well, there's definitely a a lot of youth in that room. Um, You got two experienced guys coming back, and uh, Lance McCutcheon and Corey Steele made some big-time plays for us uh, last year. but after that, you know, it's, it's a lot of a uh, lot of young guys in there. We uh, got fresher freshman Jaden Smith, Jamon Monroe. Um, you know, you got some local products um, that are still trying to prove themselves, such as Will uh, Klein, Hans, and Mark Estes. Uh, you got an early enrollee and Charles Brown. But I'm really excited about the the talent that's in that room. Um, it's a challenge, you know. Cause Kevin and Travis made my job easy last year. Um, they made some big time plays, not just my you know, the team last year, but you know, their time's here and uh, you know, being able to walk into that, you know, was, was great. And now uh you know it's a challenge and the guy know that, but that's the fun part. And um I'm sure they'll be ready for it.
0: Eric Coulter, Nuanes, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And you mentioned this is the production of Kevin Cassis and Travis Johnson last year, and that's going to be hard to replicate. I think they combined for more than 100 catches and well over 1,200 yards receiving, multiple touchdowns and all of that. But more than anything, though, it's the first – I mean, I covered the Bobcats now for 11 seasons. It's the first time I've seen a Bobcat team have multiple wide receivers as their captains, and those guys were two of the most respected guys on the team. Um, two of the best leaders on the team. I know Kevin Cass is one of the best speakers on the team when it came to you know talking to teammates <laughs> in the locker room. So how do you Definitely. replace that element? I mean, that, that seems like it's way harder to replace than just the catches and the yards and the touchdowns.
2: Uh, no doubt about it. At the end of the day, um, you know, we're always going to recruit great players. Uh, that's the that's given. But I think the biggest piece that goes into that is also recruiting great people. And, um, you know, we have a strong culture. Um you know, we have a great leadership series that we, we do with our guys every offseason. And um, we have some guys that are wings that, are that maybe, you know, weren't quite ready to lead last year. Um, and this may be a year. And, uh, you know, everybody is different in, in how they approach that leadership role. But, you know, Lance is a senior. Um, and I think, you know, for sure. And then I think he thinks this as well. He knows it, that this is his year to step up and, and be – you know, that leader, whether it's Lee, by example, which he's already done, but maybe be more vocal. And also with Coy. Um, You know, Koi is, is well-respected, highly respected in this program. Um, you know, a walk-on that has fought for everything, has proven himself. Um, you know, he's a quiet kid, you know, but he when he speaks, you know, people listen, and it means something. So, you know, not just guys in, in my room, but other, other guys, you know, they, they'll be ready to take that step this year.
0: I know one thing that I've had uh, so much respect for what Jeff Chota's done at Montana State is that I think that the identity of what he wants the program to be, you know, toughness and, and, you know, accountability, character, all the things he talks about, but also family atmosphere. That's very tried and true. And I think he's done a great job of cultivating that, but he's also talked about, Offensive identity, he wants it to be a ground and pound. I mean, he wants to play physical football, but he also has talked how his ideal offense would be maybe more like what Boise State was running when he was there uh, with Chris Peterson. And there's just been kind of this gap at quarterback as you guys continue to try to develop a guy. Now you got Tucker Rovick coming to his junior year. He'll be challenged by Matt McKay, who was an FBS drop down. So that seems like they're, the quarterback position is coming along as well. But because Choate has always said, hey, we're going to run the ball first and foremost, but we do want to be able to throw the ball at a really high level. Montana State's done a really good job recruiting young wide receivers. You mentioned guys like Jaden Smith, Charles Brown. I was really impressed with those guys coming out of high school. I think that they are steals uh, for FCS-level teams. But I know that Chort has talked highly about both those guys coming into this offseason. When you have talented young players, especially at the wide receiver position, how do you cultivate that talent while still keeping the guys hungry and not letting them get a big head?
2: Uh, well, they know that they have, still have a lot to prove. I mean, you know, Jaden made Played a good amount last year, even though he very sure he played four games, uh, made some plays for us. Um, you know, Jamal Monroe didn't see any time, but you know, Mark Essence. made some plays. So they know that there's a lot of production that left that room, um, and they know I'm challenging them every day. I'm gonna keep them on their toes. I bring it every day. That there's no complacency. Uh, I tell them complacency is a disease and it's contagious. And, and once that starts to spread. You know, it's, it's not a good thing. So we, we don't want that. Um, you know, everything is charted. Everything is, you know, put out in front of them as far as production. So every day they know they have to, to bring it. And uh, I don't think we, we have that issue in that, you know, in that room and on this team. I mean, guys are hungry to work, um, they love the process. And as far as the pass game, you know, the guys that emerge as, as people that we can count on when the ball's in the air to be it going to be the guys that we game plan for, and uh, they also have to understand that they're going to block. Because if they don't block, uh, you know, they're they're not going to be out there catching passes. You know, that's a, that's a big part of our identity um, as far as us running the ball and our our mindset in that room. And no, it's all it's all a part of it. Uh, they they get it. They're young, but they understand. So I'm I'm excited. You know, to get get things going. Hopefully, sometime soon. You know, they're doing every stuff on their own right now, voluntarily. You know with PRPs and lists, but um, you know, with the new rules passing, hopefully get get our uh, get my hands on them a little bit more and be able to to develop them.
1: Eric Frazier joining us. He's the wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator at Montana State. And speaking of the the passing game coordinator kind of side of this, Justin Ute obviously coming in, taking over as the offensive coordinator. How much are you? Working with him to develop what you want to do in that passing game, and then thereby, how much are you working with quarterbacks, coach, and quarterbacks specifically? I know not at all in person right now, but in terms of just sort of conceptually, schematically trying to to develop what it is that this Montana State offense wants to be through the air next year.
2: Well, it's definitely a collaborative effort, and uh, just being able to see, you know, on film and on paper, you know, what what we want to do and how we want to tweak things, Um, it will allow our guys as far as the pass game to to be more explosive and and be more dynamic get the ball in their hands uh, in space. Uh, But it also has a a fit and uh, we're going to do what we do best and obviously that's running the ball but within the pass game what are our guys but what fits our scheme and there's some things that we're going to love and then there's some things that that, you know we may agree on or not agree on but that's a part of it and uh, he he has some great ideas um, that we're going to implement and uh you know we're working together just trying to you know bounce ideas and 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 think as we did last year better um that we like and uh you know we'll see we'll see where it goes from there
1: now coach prior to being at Montana State you're going into your second year uh in Bozeman with, with the Bobcats you were at Western Illinois this was in 2018 I believe that was yep. the year that Western Illinois opened in Bozeman for the gold rush game <laughs> and then hosted if I'm right Montana like several weeks later a couple weeks later, later, later. right so what was it? Yeah. What was it like for you to be at Western Illinois, you go to Bozeman, you kind of know what it's like Did you have, you know, to think that okay, well now you know kind of at least at some level where you're going was that was that cool for you?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, hey, being there for that gold rush game that that showed me everything and told me everything I needed to know about what Montana State football means. Uh, to Bozeman and his community. And uh, when Coach Cho, you know, called me and we talked and went through the process and, and you know, extended the opportunity, I thought it was a no-brainer, without a doubt, you know, to be under his tutelage and, you know, learn from him as, a, you know, how he does things as a head coach and how he runs the program and just the person that he is. Um, you know, he's fun to work for. Um, he makes it fun for, for us as a staff and uh, makes it fun for the kids. But just, just the overall program, I mean, yeah, like I said, it was a no-brainer. You know, it wasn't hard at all to see the brand of football that they play, you know, being one of the opposite sideline two years ago and, you know, understanding all of that. I mean, it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. So definitely grateful, you know, that he you know gave me the phone call and uh, to be out here in Bozeman, beautiful Bozeman.
0: Now, Coach, I want to get back into the personnel stuff. I want to ask you a little bit about the quarterback spot, but I just checked my email while Ryan was asking that question, and I got a release from Montana State Athletics. that said uh, Bobcat receiver, coach, and passing game coordinator, Eric Frazier, tagged for Quarterback Coaching Summit. And uh, So the NFL and, and Black College Football Hall of Fame, they run a Quarterback Coaching Summit each summer, and you've been selected to be a part of this. So it's going to be a virtual deal June 22nd and 23rd, so coming up here, I guess, next week. And you're going to get to learn yep. from NFL guys and and kind of diversify your coaching portfolio. How this opportunity come about? How excited are you for it?
2: Uh, I can't really put into words. I mean, definitely excited about. It, especially look at the names that are on that list. Uh, it's exciting and it's humbling. And um, not any, any chance to get to, to learn and network is great. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, uh, perfecting your craft and. Learning new things, but also just to be able to bring stuff back to this program that that can help it. You know, whether it's one or two things, anything that can help. And having uh, coached quarterback since my first my first job a while back, but um, you know it'll be it'll be fun to get back into that and be able to talk about you know quarterback play and you know how to. You know how to effectively coordinate offenses and, and all of that stuff, and just hear some some brilliant minds. I mean, you have Super Bowl champion Eric Bieniemy in there talking. Um, you know, Leslie Frazier uh, was head coach for the Vikings, so definitely humbled and, and excited for it, and, and looking forward to it for sure.
1: Now, Coach Frazier, I gotta ask you this: Coulter found that out because he's been texting and emailing while we're live on the air. <laughs> if you are texting and emailing in a in a coach's <laughs> meeting with with Jeff Cho, how does that go?
2: If, if we as coaches are,
1: yeah, I, are doing I mean- that. I imagine it doesn't go that well, right? If you're not focused on the task at hand, if you're off here in cyber world banging away I on mean, the keyboard,
0: on. you know that our main man Bill Everett is watching this, and he sent this along because he wanted us to ask Eric about it. This is just no, all part that's, of the teamwork. That's,
1: that's great. That's great. He also knows because you're not paying any attention to what we're doing here. <laughs> I was you're
0: paying full attention the about the opportunity provided. Let's talk about multitasking. That's, that's
2: right. all <laughs> about multitasking. That's not, See, that's people, not an issue. That's, that's right.
0: See, people always ask, "How do you guys? You how play how long do you got to for the show?" Right. That's right. I said I mean, people always ask how long do you guys plan for the show. I said no, no time, zero minutes. Right. We have the that, internet.
1: That makes that makes one of us. Uh, <laughs> Eric Frazier joining us. He's the uh, the wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator at Montana State. And then, coach, last thing for me, but you've been all over the place, man. You know, you Delaware Valley and Dayton and Northwestern as a grad assistant. Then you're at Western Illinois and Macomb, and then in Bozeman. What's it been like for you, first of all, to have football as uh, a career you're pursuing and now doing and all the different places you've been. And now culminating to this point in, in, in the state of Montana and Bozeman, which may be, maybe the most uh, different of all of them.
2: Yeah, you're you're right about that. I never thought in a million years, i would be living there and i would be from the East coast and Philadelphia and slowly work my way further and further away from home each year. Uh, it's been a challenge, but it's been fun. I mean, this, this profession has taken me places that I never thought I would be, and I'm grateful for that and, and being able to work with people that I never, you know, think i be even with. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. It's, it's, it's not a job for me. I, you know, I football, um, you know, love, you know, working with the kids and, and seeing them grow, you know, coming in and, and leaving as men. Uh you know, that's what it's all about. And then, and then winning ball games is just dice on the cake. But, um you know, it, it, it's a it's a part of the process, you know, it's a volatile uh, you know, profession where you maybe one year one place one year, somewhere else the next year. I mean that's just how it, it's worked out for me. But uh definitely feel it the whole air and I think it's all about people and being happy and you know, I'm definitely happy here. I mean I'm with a great group of coaches, a um, great group of kids like I said before. They make it fun, and then being in this atmosphere and this environment, and being being able to just experience, you know, life here in Bozeman. You know, it's you know very you know, for me a you know, low stress. You know, people are nice, um, and, they, and they love Bobcat football, so I'm, I'm all about it. So.
0: Eric, last question from me. The storyline coming into fall camp for Montana State seems to always be the quarterback, and it's going to be this year as well, depending on if we start on time, but it sounds as if we probably are going to, especially in the state of Montana. So. Tucker Rovick, he evolved so much towards the end of last year, second half of the last year, actually. He was, he was really darn good. Yep. At, uh, and leading you guys on a playoff run. And now Matt McKay comes in. He's an exceptionally talented kid, former four-star guy, transferred from NC State. So, not having spring ball and having a little bit atypical of summer workouts heading into fall camp, how important will fall camp be and how different will it be considering they don't have the baseline that most uh, offensive units have coming into that
2: stretch? Yeah, uh, think the challenge. I mean this is the most this is a very different year I, since I've been alive you know as far as football I can't think of anything else being more different than what we're experiencing right now but you know have to your right but everybody's on a level playing field. Um and the, and the biggest thing that I know that we have on this team is that we have guys that thrive in competition. They love that. I know Tucker loves it. You know he's been through it already been through it twice. And then Matt, you know, has been through it as well. And those guys are going to battle it out. Um, and it's going to be fun to see. You know, that those guys are going to handle it well. And uh, I'm excited for it because both of those guys are, are really good players. Like you said, Tucker led us to the semifinals uh, last year. And Matt is coming from SC State. And uh, the best man to win. And I know they'll, they'll eat it up and, and they'll challenge each other, but they'll also push each other and, and cheer each other on. That's the type of character guys that they are so uh, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it big time
1: Eric Frazier wide receivers coach at Montana State coach we really appreciate your time thanks so much for taking it out and joining us
2: no problem thanks for having me go Cats. you got it Eric Frazier
1: Montana State wide receivers coach heading into his second year appreciate his time oh I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna you gave me a look.
0: Oh, I know. I was just going to say that uh, we'll be mingling and with uh, a lot of the University of Montana football uh, staff in upcoming days. And so I um, want to lobby a little bit to get some of the assistance for there. We had Justin Green on. He's been kind of getting the, given the green light by Bobby Hack to come on the show, but they've had a no assistant policy. I think part of that is just because Bobby Hack was just really trying to remake the culture into his own, and I think he just really wanted to, to be the guy that was standing at the microphone talk about what that culture is. But uh, we will, going forward, uh, effort some of the other um, – Assistant coaches, because I do think that Mont—I mean, Eric Frazier was great. That was an outstanding interview. He's very uh, s- smart, tempered, serious guy. Seems like he's got a good vision, though. That's a great opportunity that he has to go work at that quarterback summit. Uh, but I—I I would re- really, love to host a couple of the uh, the assistants from the Montana football staff on this show because they got uh, <laughs> some of these guys have been coaches for longer than even you have been alive.
1: I just wonder if 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 we got the beat button ready. <laughs>
4: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: Two-Tale Nuwana's, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. The 2 tell Nuwana's podcast available all the time. It is there thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Tis the season, boys and girls, is it not? we are like three days away from the solstice. We're
0: going to have a party. It's
1: rock and roll. But
0: there was a, I've, I've said this on the show before, but there were, for some reason there was this Giant in quotes, conglomeration of kids from Homer, Alaska, who came to Missoula, Montana, to come to school. It was like two classes worth of kids. Homer, Alaska is tiny. I mean, you're talking four thousand people. Probably high school is probably you probably graduated with seventy five kids. Is that Blue turf, Homer, Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. You probably graduate from 75 kids, but for whatever reason, like 30 or 35 kids from that high school, there were like two or three grades worth of them came to Missoula, and they were all just friends. What do you mean, for whatever reason, if if you're not going to the University of Alaska, the,
1: the closest one is the <laughs> University of Montana. Yeah, no, That's I, it.
0: I, it was cool, though. So I had a bunch of friends from Alaska in college, mm-hmm. a, a bunch of them. But- The solstice is such a huge deal in Alaska, especially in Homer, Alaska, because the sun literally does not set. Correct. And so you have a, they always would have a solstice party. They would sleep all day on the 20th and then stay up all night on the 21st and then sleep all day on the 22nd. It was like their beginning of the second half of the year. Rolling through. And so they would always want to have a solstice party. So I always want to have a party on the solstice because it just reminds me of all these crazy kids I knew from Alaska. The
1: solstice, hold on before I get into it. The solstice is a good reason to go outside. No question. And if you're going to go outside, you might as well have some fun. And that's why you go to Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Seeley. With the weather warming up and the sun staying up in some places for 24 hours, here, 18, 19,
0: 19. I mean, it's been dark. It's been light till 10 o'clock.
1: Imagine I mean, how long you could dirt bike an off roaded Crest pontoon boat. If you got that kind of daylight to work with, when well, you go to Kurtz Polaris, you can get all three. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, tops in the industry. The Rangers and the Razors, the best selection of hardworking and fun-having side-by-sides on the market. And Crest Pontoon Boats, top of the line. They got them at Kurtz Polaris, both in Missoula and Sealy. online at kurtzpolaris.com. The Solstice does crazy things I don't know if it does crazy things to people, but oh, people, it does. People, oh, the, get, the, no, the, I know, I nah, know. Stop what you're it, stop do it, stop it. You can't, No, You stuff.
0: can't be in denial. This is not a conspiracy. This is the reality of the situation. And when the the alignment of the universe has a significant impact on the energy of every living thing on Earth. Okay. What I'm saying to
1: you is some people decide that they're going to ride their bicycles with no clothes on on the solstice. And this is not because the moon is in the place. It's because they decided, hey, this will be a fun activity together. You know, so that, and I'm not saying it's not. I wouldn't know personally, but I, you know, you know, I'm not here to say, you know, don't ride your, don't have yourself a nice brisk bike ride. Have at it. But I am saying that people get, And they do this sun thing, and it's okay. I got no problem with it. I'm always looking for an excuse to have a a party of any sort. I'm a sociable creature. And I, so (laughs) I, you know, you want to tell me, let's watch, let's watch the sunset on the longest, you know, twilight of the year on the 21st. I'm into it. You know what I mean? I just don't know that I need to do, you know, the whole song and dance of all the, you know, the sun deal. Now, if I was in Homer, Alaska, oh, yeah. We're gonna have ourselves a solstice party for sure, and here the other thing is in Homer. It's not just the the twenty first man. I mean, it's it doesn't set for right. for weeks, right? Right? Totally. And then it's the other the. Other, I watched an Antarctica documentary. Being down there in Antarctica, man, that is for me. That is for me all day, and I imagine Homer. You know, the equal but opposite. What's Do I have this right? The North Pole, polar bears, no penguins. The South Pole, penguins, no polar bears.
0: Right. No, I think there might be polar bears in the South Pole, too. Because I think the polar bears in the South Pole eat the penguins.
1: So there's polar... No, the... the, the, There's no penguins on the North Pole. The sharks eat the penguins.
0: Yeah, but I think there's polar bears eating penguins on the South Pole. I think there's just no penguins on the North Pole.
1: Now, I understand it's a long ways away, the Earth, but... Is it,
0: isn't it remarkable that the, the you know... the How fr- would the penguins get anywhere but the South Pole? They could only walk like... Well, how'd they two get to the th- South Pole in the first place? I mean, I don't know. How did any of us get anywhere?
1: Bingo. So if if what you've done is develop over these millennia to be, you know... Able to group together and uh, you know deal with the cold and the darkness of a, a polar winter, yeah. an Arctic winter, an Antarctic winter. Then you should this. Why, why wouldn't this have developed to the north? That's well, here, all. You want to hear this
0: Tiger Woods story? Okay. This Father's Day weekend, usually Father's Day weekend is capped by the U.S. Open. It will not be this summer because all the majors have been pushed back. But it's also the twentieth anniversary of the most dominant. Major tournament performance, certainly U.S. Open performance ever. Did you not like my polar I did. I just don't care. Tiger Woods, 20 years ago, won the U.S. Open by 15 strokes. He was, I believe, 12 under at Pebble Beach on a weekend when Pebble Beach was ripping, roaring, windy. Nobody was any better than one over par per round for four rounds. No one was better than four over par, and Tiger Woods won the thing by 15 or 16 strokes This was the peak. This was the peak of Tiger Mania. It wasn't even fair. He was shooting 66 while everybody else is shooting 80. But a hilarious story came out on ESPN.com today. It's talking about Tiger Woods in the midst of his second round, which he ended up shooting a 69 in. But he's on a tee box, one of the ones that borders the ocean, and he smashes a driver. He tries to hook it around, and he smashes a driver into the ocean. Unbeknownst to him, He's got
1: no balls left. He's got got one one. ball left. You've heard this story. story. I know about it because he signed golf balls to give them to kids and stuff (laughs) while he was So he was
0: putting in his room with three balls, forgot to put them back in the bag. Then he tossed two more balls out to the gallery that he had signed, and so he has two balls in his bag, hits one in the ocean, and then has his hand out, and Steve Williams' caddy is digging for a a ball. He can't find a ball. He can't find a ball. He finds a ball, gives it to him. And Tiger's about to tee you back up and just take another rip at it. Steve says, Tiger, you can't. You have to hit an iron. He says, shut up, Steve. I'm going to hit it right down the middle. <laughs> so, no, Tiger, t- trust me. He doesn't want to tell me he only has one ball. He says, trust me, you got to hit an iron. He says, Steve, shut up. And in Tiger's words, he says, I hit one halfway to Australia. Unbeknownst to me, if I wouldn't have, my round would have been over and my championship would have been over. It would have been a DQ. But Steve Williams says, I didn't want to sound negative. He was adamant about hitting a driver. I didn't want to have an argument, but I knew it was our last ball, and I honestly couldn't tell him. I was actually shaking. I was so nervous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is terrifying. I mean, whose responsibility is that?
0: Well it's just amazing that if you're tiger, you just you only carry six balls because there's just no possible way you would ever lose six balls in a round. You wanna know how many balls I have in my bag At right no now? No less than fifty.
1: I, I bet you I bet you it's close to a hundred. I bet it is too. I mean it's I mean, I have probably 60 A and quarter you, of the weight of my bag. Yeah, I mean is I have,
0: I have probably fifty or sixty and you are the master of walking the fescue. And
1: I will have no, no, I don't no you, question that I will not be DQ'd.
0: No question. And also, no question, you will not spend a dollar on balls because you just find every ball that you ever hit on the course. Somebody else bought it.
1: Have you seen my cars? <laughs> Boys and girls, have a wonderful Thursday evening. Be back with you tomorrow. It's T Tell Niwanas, it's ESPN Radio.